The following sermon was delivered by Senior Pastor Reverend Dr. Scott Black Johnston in the sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person or on live stream. For details, go to fapc.org. And now, here is Reverend Dr. Scott Black Johnston. Good people, let's read responsibly Psalm 148, beginning with the first verse. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights. Praise God, all the angels. Praise God, all the heavenly hosts. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. Praise God, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let everyone praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all the deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Monarchs and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Men and women alike, old and young together, let all creation praise God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not bad. In the Dictionary of American Idioms, under the heading, Jack of All Trades, there ought to be a picture of my father. My father was the consummate American optimist. My father had the chutzpah to look at almost any job and declare, huh, I could do that. Uh, I could be good at that. After being Honorably discharged by the Army, my dad started a computer company in Patterson, New Jersey. And then, a few years later, in a surprising about-face, he left corporate life, moved to rural Minnesota, and literally, not figuratively, bought a farm. <laughs> After five years baling hay and raising cattle, my dad pivoted again. He became a traveling salesman. He, he crisscrossed the state to lean on fence posts and peddle health insurance to farmers. At the end of every week, my dad would return home and he would regale my brother, my mom, and me with stories from the road. He would describe amusing encounters that he had with clients all across Minnesota. One of my favorite stories involved a farm family who invited dad to stay for dinner. On the evening in question, my father sat at a table weighed down by a platter of roast chicken, a large bowl of fluffy mashed potatoes, another bowl heaped with fresh greens from the garden, a basket of piping hot Parker House rolls, a gravy boat, jars of jam, and other homemade condiments. It looked and smelled amazing. When everyone had assumed their seats, the matriarch of the family said, let us pray. 
Everyone bowed their heads, and then she began to thank God. She thanked God for rain and for sunshine that followed the rain. She thanked God for the crop report on the morning radio. She, she thanked God for the new litter of kittens in the barn. She thanked God for the blessing of finding a lost garden trowel for five solid minutes while my father's stomach growled a backbeat, she thanked and, and thanked and thanked God, and then she led the family in saying a Hail Mary. As the family gave voice to those famous words, my dad, a lifelong Presbyterian who could not say a Hail Mary to save his life, nodded vigorously. He was ready to honor the Holy Mother. Heck, he explained to us, I was willing to convert if it meant we could eat. <laughs> Finishing the Hail Mary, the family voiced a unison, Amen. My dad opened his eyes, reached for his fork, only to hear the patriarch of the family begin. Gracious God, we thank you for my newly repaired tractor and for the golden-headed oats in the back 40 and four and four and four. On and on it went. Every member of that large Catholic family prayed. Every member concluded with a Hail Mary during these 20 minutes. That's why my dad says 20 minutes. My father's half-open eye monitored the gravy on the table as if it were a high school physics experiment. Gradually transforming from a liquid to a solid state. <laughs> Eventually, the youngest child concluded her Hail Mary with a robust Amen. All was quiet. My dad looked around, daring to hope. And on so doing, he discovered the family matriarch staring directly at him. <laughs> she nodded. Oh my, he realized, she expects me to pray. So my father launched into the only dinner prayer he knew, a comparatively short verse, our family table grace. Come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed, amen. The family smiled graciously and perhaps with a little pity at his succinct Thanksgiving and then all began to eat. Later, recounting the scene, my father glanced at the black and white photo that hung on our kitchen wall, today's bulletin cover. Maybe, he mused, our family should get a bit more serious about offering thanks. Dr. Robin Wall Kimmerer is an indigenous woman, a member of the Potawatomi Nation, and a distinguished professor of biology. In her lovely book, Braiding Sweetgrass, part memoir, part science lesson, and part celebration of indigenous spirituality, Kimmerer describes another group of exceedingly thankful people. Every semester, Kimmerer, who teaches graduate classes in environmental science, takes her master's level students on a field trip to the Onondaga Reservation of the Haudenosaunee Nation of Indigenous People in central New York State. The reserve is home to about 2,000 people and a K through 12 school. And at this school, students and teachers begin every day with a tradition. They recite 
the Thanksgiving Address. The Haudenosaunee are famous for this lengthy litany, an expression of gratitude they have used for centuries. During this ceremony, students from the school's different grades step forward and they take turns thanking creation for its sustaining ways. On the day of Kimmerer's vis visit, it, it was the third graders' turn to offer thanks to the Earth's water with, with these traditional words. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the spirit of water. After the third graders finish, two little girls holding hands step forward to give thanks to the fish in those waters. We turn our minds to the fish. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that we can still find pure water, so we turn now to the fish and send them our greetings and thanks. Other children gave thanks for plants, for the land and for the winds, for brother sun and grandmother moon, and finally a group offered thanks to the creator of it all. Now we turn our thoughts to the creator, the great spirit, and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on this Mother Earth. For all the love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest greetings and thanks to our Creator. As beautiful and poignant as Kimmerer finds the Thanksgiving address, she acknowledges that it can feel like an imposition to her graduate students. Many fidget during the lengthy ceremony, glancing impatiently at watches or smartphones. Afterwards, a few complain. It was sweet with the kids and all that, but it went on for far too long. Poor you, Kimmerer sighs, so much to be thankful for. Is it possible to be too thankful? Maybe. Maybe excessive gratitude feels misguided to us because, well, because we figure we deserve what comes our way. I earned this stuff. <laughs> or maybe we're perplexed by an abundance of thank yous because Water and wind do not seem capable of receiving our gratitude. Uh, does the fish on our plate care that we give thanks for it? Does the wheat care? Maybe we're parsimonious in our thanksgiving because we've become so loosely tethered to the natural world, to the waters and winds, the birds and the fish. Maybe the connection between the creature on our plate and other fish and the waters in which those fish swim has been lost to us. 
And maybe we would prefer not to think about those who caught and cleaned the fish, those who packed and shipped it, those who seasoned and cooked it. Maybe we've lost sight of our place in the vast web of life and labor. Is there a tonic to all this narcissism, all this forgetfulness? Well, yes, says Kimmerer. It's the very thing those graduate students found so onerous. It's the Thanksgiving address. Imagine beginning every day or, or ending every day focused while the gravy cools on gratitude. What might that do to you? How would it shape you? To take inventory of our lives, to count our blessings, to stop the infernal chimes and vibrating alerts, the firehouse of digital information desperately trying to influence us, is to carve out a space for wonder, to marvel at a handful of corn kernels, to appreciate the miracle of an apple, to soak up the snap of, of fresh, cold November air, to smile at the, the faces of family and friends across the table, is to give our spirits permission. Be satisfied. Be content. Moments of gratitude. Prayers over dinner, thanksgiving addresses, create sacred spaces in us. They, they pry open tight fists and show us hands that are full. They help us realize, I have enough. And this sort of gratitude, Kimmerer argues, it does not deny the earth's challenges, it empowers us to face them. Even a wounded world, she writes, holds us, gives us moments of wonder and joy. So I choose, she says, joy over despair, not because I have my head in the sand, but because joy is what the earth gives me daily and I must return the gift. She's right, to give thanks is to embrace joy. It's to sing a doxology. Joy, joy shines forth from, from every verse in Psalm 148. All creation, sea monsters and snow, fruit trees and cedars, birds and cows, young people and old people, and even the creeping things downstairs at children's church sing and, and praise God. The psalm over overflows with thanksgiving, it, it overflows with grace. Have you noticed that we use somewhat different words to introduce our blessings? Some people initiate mealtime prayers with the words, let us return thanks. Others signal that it's time to bow heads with, whose turn is it to say grace? Is returning thanks the same thing as saying grace? In saying thank you to water and wind, in, in offering gratitude to the author of 
all, we focus on a world beyond ourselves. Gratitude turns us away from the mirror and we begin to notice our connectedness. We hold a bowl of soup and say, this is good, this is enough. Thank you, nature. Thank you, carrots and onions. Thank you, neighbor with your farm. Thank you, God, for this sustenance. I wouldn't have this if it weren't for all of you, if I were not connected to all of you. On the other hand, to say grace is to gaze on a messy, impure, and just plain hurting world, and in spite of all that is broken, to proclaim, God loves this. God embraces the imperfect. God reigns sweet mercy on troubled souls. And grace asks us to extend that same mercy to others. And, and there you have it. When we return thanks, we remember who we are and how we're connected. When we say grace, we remember who God is. Offering thanks and saying grace seem like distinct acts. Although lately, I've been wondering, do we use these phrases interchangeably for a reason? I want to tell you two stories, and then we'll do as the ancients did. We'll act on our gratitude and our sense of grace, and we'll bring our pledges forward to these baskets. Story number one. About a month ago, I asked all of you to share stories with the clergy about ways in which you care for creation. And one member of this congregation shared her story with me in the church's elevator. She told me that every year in early January, she walks along the streets of New York and talks to piles of discarded Christmas trees. What do you say to them, I asked. <laughs> she smiled. I thank them. They've helped us celebrate Christ's birth, and now the city is going to turn them into mulch for the city's parks. They, they keep right on blessing us, so I walk along, and even though people think I'm crazy, I thank every one of those trees. Is it crazy to return thanks? Is it silly to speak grace in this hard world? Story number two. As many of you know, for the past six months, New York City, and by extension, Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, has been experiencing an influx of Venezuelan families seeking asylum. Earlier this fall, one such family showed up here at 55th and 5th, just as worship was letting out. Responding quickly, our director of outreach, Christine Boyle, and associate pastor, Werner Ramirez, <laughs> saw to the family's needs. We were able to get mom, dad, and two kids a meal. Werner took them out for cheeseburgers. Over the course of the next few days, this church outfitted the four with new clothes and shoes fit for winter in the big city. 
Later that same week, Christine called me. The family was in the lobby. They wanted to speak with me. So I went down to the security desk, and there I met dad and mom, a teenage son and a younger daughter. They seemed a little shy. I managed a few halting phrases of welcome in Spanish. They smiled. And then the mother looked me in the eye. Gracias, she said. I wanted to respond, I'll pass your thanks along to the whole congregation, but I couldn't get my point across, and I don't know that it matters. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you that a family who's been through incredible turmoil, confusion, and strife, a brave and precious family, asked me to express something to you. She looked me in the eye, and she said, Gracias. Was she saying thanks? Was she proclaiming grace? Is there a difference? My friends, what if thanks and grace are two sides of the same coin? What if we need both to be human? In the face of plenty, gratitude. In the midst of brokenness, mercy, returning thanks, saying grace. Isn't that, in a nutshell, what God calls us all to do? Go from this place with thanks in your heart and grace on your lips. Have courage. Hold fast to what is good. Do not return evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org slash give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.